Amen. Welcome to Radiant 17. When God created the heavens and the earth, he created two forms of seeds. One form that is natural and the other form that is invisible. It is the, it is the invisible that gave life to the natural. It wasn't the natural that came first. It was the, it was the spiritual that came first. That which was seen was made from that which was invisible. And so in that space of the invisible, that is the real world and that is the real action. And that's where everything is created. That's where everything takes place um, in the things of God. And we need to know how to move in that realm because it is in that realm that you can move and shift and change and bring about those things which God wants here on earth as it is in heaven. But there are two seeds that were given in the, in the beginning. And one seed was the seed of the spirit it is the rhema word of the Lord. And we have that we have the word of the Lord in two forms, whether it is written in the logos, but it is also rhema in the spirit. And the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord hovered over the earth and it was without form and without void. It was it was without any recognizable sense of life upon it. It was dark and the spirit hovered over it and began to speak. And the moment it speak, that light that was released in the form of a word, in the spoken word, begin to create the things that God wanted to be created. It is a seed that carries the full content of what a seed is supposed to do. There is nothing that needs to be added. There's nothing that needs to come in and except that it be released and planted somewhere so that it can take shape and form and transform that particular ground, that particular area into something that God has in mind before the foundations of the earth. And so when I look at Genesis chapter one, verse 11, it says this, and God said unto the earth, let them bring forth grass and herb yielding seeds and fruit trees yielding fruit after its own kind, seeds in itself, upon the earth as it was so in the bible says in verse 12 it says and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seeds after its kind and tree yielding fruit whose seeds are in itself after its kind and god saw it was good and so god created trees he didn't create the seed first he created the tree that would have seed and that seed had the ability to multiply itself. It had the ability to, to multiply itself, to make another one of itself. If he had made a tree with fruit on it that didn't have no seed, it could not multiply. It would only be that one tree. And in the garden, there were only two trees that were not capable of multiplying, which was the tree of good and evil and the tree of life. But the tree of life multiplies in a whole different way, and that's another another topic to talk about but in terms of that there were only one everything else was able to multiply because the bible says that god made it and made it to yield fruit and the fruit would carry seed and so you could plant another apple you can plant another peach you can plant another apricot you can plant another guava you can plant 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 because the blessing of heaven was to multiply the 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 kingdom of god was to multiply was to advance through the the process of multiplication that's how the kingdom is supposed to multi, uh, supposed to advance. When we think of the scripture, the Bible says that uh, the church has suffered violent, but the violent take it back by force. Can I tell you that when the children of Israel in the book of Exodus, when they were up under Joseph's reign and then Joseph departed and they had good relationships with the Egyptian people and that at some point a new pharaoh came up and rose up and he did not know joseph and didn't care about joseph but he saw these people that were multiplying growing among them as an enemy and he said in himself that if we broke out in war would they really go with us let's oppress them let's let's beat them and bring them under our thumb but the bible says that the more they oppress them they begin to multiply 
when there's a blessing of the Lord that you carry on your life, you are going to multiply even when it is challenged against you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so there's just this blessing that God put on this Abrahamic blessing that says that any given situation, life is going to bring forth. The kingdom is going to advance. They will take a stony area, an unparched area, an area that is that is desolate and turn it into a lush forest. You have this ability to raise up the waste places. You have this ability to repair the breach. And you have this ability to go into the dry places and cause it to be a watering hole, cause it life to bring forth because of who you host in you. You are meant to advance the kingdom as you are multiplied, as Jesus is multiplied in you, through you, and around you to the world unknown. And so he made that that mindset, that concept of seed, trees, bearing seed. Seeds were able, trees were able to multiply, to sustain their longevity. God gives us a ways through Christ Jesus, longevity, long, able to multiply our resources. Hence the blessing of the Lord says that, um, that they would be fruitful, they would multiply, and they would replenish. And this is all done from the context of us abiding in him and he in us. Because the branch can do nothing of itself. But if the branch stays in the vine and the, and the vine dresser prunes it, it's going to bear much fruit. It's going to advance in even more. It is, it is interesting that that blessing of multiplication of advancement happens even more when things and circumstances come. It's not that I want or you would want a circumstance to come, but God is showing you it doesn't matter, rain or shine, what's in you is going to advance. What's in you is going to multiply. What's in you will have reach into areas where others couldn't have reach because of who you are one with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When I think of seed and I think of the spoken word, the Bible says in Hebrews, we'll turn to it, in Hebrews, it says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds, with an S, plural, were framed by the spoken word of God. God's word speaks things into existence. It causes that to be when it wasn't. It calls things into existence for his purpose and for his will and way, God speaks things. And so the first seed that was spoken was a seed of faith. Can I tell you friends, that everything that the Father is, everything that Lord Jesus is, everything that is, is who we are, that we don't have faith, we are faith because we are a seed made by faith that carries faith, that holds faith, was spoken into existence. And we took on shape and form and we people around you get to behold who you are and what you can do full of grace and truth. Just like Jesus, the Bible says the word was flesh. The word was a word and then it became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld him as the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. The seed does not stay a seed. And if a seed stays a seed, then it just abides alone. But if the seed does die, in John chapter 12, if the seed does die, then it will bear much fruit because seeds are meant to give life. They're meant to unfold. It's like revelation, unfolding, unfolding, unfolding. And just when you think that you understand this tree that you have planted not only bears this type of fruit, but it brings forth these type of leaves and certain types of season that it brings about these type of leaves and flowers. And you are amazed 
and, and you're at awe at the splendor that's coming from this seed, but all of it was in the seed. Nothing was added. Can I tell you, you are that seed. You are that seed which God determined to be here at the time you would be. And everything that is in you can only be unlocked by the Most High. That is why you needed to come and 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 cause your path to be intercepted by him and give your life because you were a treasure that could not be unlocked unless the maker the creator apprehended you and unlocked you the enemy may put his hands on you but cannot unlock your full potential are you hearing what i'm saying so you are this seed that god has spoken and so he speaks these things into existence and then he says i'm going to create you with the ability to multiply and we can multiply we can multiply our, our ourselves we can make other selves through us coming together in holy union with a significant other that we can procreate god has given us the ability to procreate because why men carry seeds women carry eggs the eggs are fertilized and life is born we were meant to continue to give life. We were meant to spread and multiply the agenda of the kingdom. Are you following what I'm saying? So there's a spiritual seed and there is a natural seed here on the earth. The spirit mate was first and then the natural seed came later and the natural seed sustains that which the spirit first did in the beginning so that it can have longevity so that it can live out and fulfill the will of god you are meant to fulfill the will of god and nothing can take you nothing can have you except that the lord will allow it and if he does not allow it you are meant to bear much fruit amen and so we look at jesus and we look at this season that we are in we are in a, an amazing time for the kingdom of God and I believe God is awakening people and understanding that th this faith that we have this ability to speak as though he speaks but to speak with faith and to see that which you are speaking come to life if you have faith faith is the key and it is the key that ignites and turns on that vehicle to move in the spirit faith is the thing that causes that which comes out to be planted and to take on life faith is this ability to give life to that which is spoken and so if we have faith and we allow this faith to grow we will see amazing things jesus said that if we use this faith if we have faith we can do what he did and even greater Amen. Turn with me to chapter Luke, the book of Luke, mm. the book of Luke, chapter six, beginning at verse 12. And it reads and it says, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus went into the mountain to pray and he continued there all night. There were oftentimes that Jesus would steal away to go pray because he was communing with the father to receive what the father had in mind, what was on his heart so that those things would be carried out. That's why when you look at the ministry of Jesus and look at from place to place that he moved, he only tarried there because the father would say so there was there was always something he needed to get to there was always a person he needed a path to cross it was always a connection he needed to make he was one who was mindful of his time he was mindful of what the will of the father is and he got all that through the communion can i tell you prayer is essential in this season god is releasing and speaking to his children he wants to download he wants to release things and tell you things and give you instructions so that you can move and say and do the things like jesus did i love the song that where i go you go he says we only say and do what jesus said and do we're only going to go where jesus said we are to go we ought to live our lives in this way and and and, and, and if we live our lives this way 
I'll submit to you, you will be successful. You will fulfill that which God has called you to do. So he tarries all night. And why was he tarrying all night? Because there was something that he was getting that was going to aid him in doing something that God wanted to see here on the earth. And the Bible reads, and it continues on, and it says that when day came, the disciples, his disciples came. It didn't say 12 came, it said his disciples. When you read the word, make sure you take time to read the word because there's something you will miss if you breeze on by. So when it says that the day was come and he called unto himself disciples, they were, that means more than one, more than 12. Then the Bible says, of the ones he called, he chose 12. Of the ones he called, he chose 12. So there were many disciples that were being called, but out of that 12, out of the, out of the many, 12 were selected. Can I tell you, in this season, God is going to cause you to be selective. God is going to be selective and choose the people you need to run with. Everybody is not going to run with you in this new season, in this, in this aspect of the season that you're in, or even this leg of the race that you're in. Everybody's not running with you. Everybody that says, Lord, Lord, is not your, not your people that you're going to run with because those people carry the same mind and the same heart and they're moving in the same spirit in obedience, doing the will of God. And so not that the other ones were bad, but everybody has a role in the kingdom. And these 12 were going to be specially discipled, specially mentored by Christ Jesus because they were set up to do something major. There was something major that was going to happen out of them. There was something major that was going to be birthed out of them and that all the others that would come after them would be benefactors of it. They would be beneficiaries of it, but it had to start somewhere. And so he begins to choose, but he can only choose after being with the Father all night. Can I tell you, the Bible says, acknowledge God in all your ways and he will direct your path. You cannot make the best decisions. You cannot do the best things if you have not consulted him. He says, commit your ways unto the Lord and he will bring it to pass. You should acknowledge him. You should invite him in. He has wisdom that you have, that you have need of. Even Solomon, as, as, as amazing and great as his father was and had took the time to teach him, Solomon knew as a young man when he took over, Solomon was about, I believe, 17, 18 years old. He was young when he took over as king of Israel. And he understood that he was in over his head. And then he asked God, he said, give me wisdom. I need wisdom and understanding to be able to be successful to rule your people. He understood if I go any further without your guidance, without your mindset, I will not succeed. I will utterly fail because this here is bigger than me. And can I tell you, friends, what God has placed in you is bigger than you. And you need the grace. You need his ability. You need his wisdom. You need his understanding. You need the spirit of God flowing out of you, communing with it daily, communing with it constantly that you would end up where God wants you to end up, that you would do the things that need to be done, that you would connect with the right people, that you would not spin your wheels, you would not waste your time and allow things to derail you, people to derail you, that you would understand like Jesus, he was a purpose driven individual. He was a vessel of honor that was filled up and ready to be poured out where God wanted him to be poured out. But he understood there was a joy that was before him that needed to be complete. And so the Bible says he embraced that thing, held on to that thing, and was obedient to the end. That's the way we need to live our lives. We need to live our lives as such. Because if we don't, then you can live and never fulfill that which God has in store for you because you choose, you thought you knew better than Yahweh. You thought your way was better and Yahweh's was not. And so Jesus goes on and he ticks the 12 who later would become apostles. And you know their names, Simon Peter, Andrew, his brother James, and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, uh, Judas, the brother of James and Judas Iscariot. 
He chose all those people for a particular reason. Because they were going to be a part of something that was going to come forth. And so when we talk about season, what did Jesus do with those 12? In those 12, Jesus spent three and a half years speaking about the kingdom, declaring the kingdom, telling them about the kingdom, speaking to them and demonstrating the power of the kingdom so that they didn't just get the wisdom of heaven, but they also saw the demonstration of the spirit and power. And these were seeds that were constantly planting in them, planted in them, planted in them, planted in them like they were ground. And even Jesus educated them, letting them know that the ground you need to be is the good ground. Because when you're that good ground, you're going to bring forth some 30, some 60 and a hundredfold. And that you, if you're going to follow him, you need to lay aside everything that if you hold on to anything, you're not fit for the kingdom. That the cares of this life have no place in your heart, but that your heart is made for the word, your heart is made for the will and way of God. And if you till your ground, if you remove, if you break up the follow ground and sow unto righteousness and move all the things out of the way, you would receive these seeds of life and they're going to be activated by the spirit of God. And so Jesus planted seed, planted seed, planted seed, planted seed, and he done this from the leading and the direction of the father in heaven. That's why he spent time in prayer. There are some of you that are going to be in this season. You're going to pray. You're going to contend and you're going to pray and you're going to pray sometimes longer than what you pray because there is something that's being downloaded. There's something that's being given to you in the spirit from the father because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is there to communicate the father's heart. He's there to bring about and tell you what's on the father's heart so that his will and way can be taken care of. So his, so that what he wants here on earth can happen. And so your communion is going to get stronger. There's going to be a, a yearning. There's going to be a drawing. There's going to be a, a pull from the father to come be with him. When you want to go do this, come be with me. When you want to go do that, come be with me because there's something I need to tell you at this point, at this juncture in the road, I need to let you notice this is a space where you need to rest. Have you seen on the road as you're rolling down the road and you're headed somewhere, there are rest spots at certain marker points along the road. And we can voluntarily rest in these rest places. But I I, I, sent, I feel in this season, there's this rest place that God wants you to rest is, is mandatory. If you want to move and breathe and advance the kingdom this is mandatory and so many times jesus taught them taught them how to pray taught them what the kingdom is and all this was for a purpose all this was headed in some direction because anything that is going to happen starts in seed form and so as jesus is discipling them and he's feeding them and he's building them he is speaking life into them. He's fitly framing their life because there is a life that they're going to experience even after he is gone. But in this season, this is a season of building. And so God is using, the Father used Jesus to build these 12 men, to make these 12 men into something. Because what was going to come out of them was going to be amazing. Can I tell you in Ephesians, the book of Ephesians says this, Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, verse 19, and it says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers, foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God, and are built upon a foundation of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So this foundation that he is laying is being laid and it's been laid in the Old Testament through the prophets, the 12 uh, prophets that consist of six major and six minor. And the minor are only minor in the context of the book that they wrote, but they were not minor in spirit. And then in this next leg of the road, this next part of the foundation that needed to be laid was laid through 12 men who were disciples who would later become apostles. The ones I just read to you, and the Bible goes on in verse 21 and says this, in whom all is building or God is building 
and fitly framing together and we are allowing us to grow up as a holy temple of the Lord. God is building a house, building a house in you, building a house in us collectively, in whom also ye are built together for the habitation of God through the Spirit. He is building something. And so when he selected those 12 men, he was starting with them, laying the foundation. The Bible calls Jesus the chief cornerstone. Why is he the chief cornerstone? Because the chief cornerstone or a cornerstone was a center block that held one wall this way and held this wall and it held them together. And so we, through Christ Jesus, have this access that we can access what was what is and what is to come. We can access what the prophets got, the things that they steward, the things that they got. The Bible says you're going to reap in areas where you haven't sown. In this season, as we go to do what the kingdom wants, we're going to be able to utilize the things that they use and we can have all this through Christ Jesus. We can move and breathe in what the apostles experienced. Those things are not just for them, but that was just the beginning that it's supposed to be greater, that the later house, the latter house is going to be greater than the former house because the latter house is a consistency of the former and the latter together, doubled up and, 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 and allowing just this mass outpouring of God's will and way to fill the earth because it is his word and his way that the earth would be filled with the glory of the Lord. Amen? And so it goes on and says here, that the Lord gave the church this gift. He gave us apostles and prophets. He gave us evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, to bring them into maturity. That's what perfection means, to perfect them, to complete them, to the work which was begun, they, through the aid of the, these five-fold ministry, would complete the thing that God had begun in them, and that it's for the working of the ministry. It's for the edifying of the body. It's to build the body, not individuals. It doesn't just build individuals. You're being built to be a part of a bigger picture. And your part is important. And there's enough pie in the sky for every believer. And so there's no reason for competition. There's no reason for envy or even strife. There's no reason to covet what your brother got. Because what your brother got is what God gave him. And what he gave you is needed. There are many uh, parts in the body, but they all have their part. Everybody cannot be an arm or an eye or a leg or a breastplate. You all have your part and your part is significant. And the enemy has come in and caused that confusion and caused people to look at one another and get you to, to, to forfeit or to feel like you're less than or you're not valuable enough and not understand that you have something special because each one of us is an expression of God. And when we come together, it is a full picture of who God is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm going to preach and I'm going to, through the fire and the rod of Christ Jesus, break that spirit of competition and that spirit of, of that spirit of just being jealous. Jealousy is cruel as the grave and we need to get rid of it. It doesn't need to be among us because it will hurt. It will kill that which God wants to get going if we allow it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And what I mean by kill, if you partner with jealousy, it will kill what God wants to do through you. It cannot kill God, but it will stop you if you partner with it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because jealousy, that type of jealousy is not of God. There is a jealousy that is a part of love that is appropriate and is righteous. It's God being jealous for something because he wants that because the the thing that's uh, uh, inhabiting it is unholy. And God says, this area needs me. Can you imagine the spirit of the Lord moving upon the, uh, the deep and God being jealous for this area that is without form and without void and there's nothing there. And God is saying, I want that place. That's how your heart is in some of the places in your life. Some of the areas of your heart is without form and void. God has not, you have not allowed the word of God to get there to speak, to, 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 to clean out, to shed light, 
to remove, to build up, and to condition you so that you can fulfill what God has for you. You think that you're moving in something, but you're not moving in much because there is a fullness of God that he commissioned for you to move in, and it requires you to surrender everything that you are. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You got to be all in or sold out. You can't be part-timing. You can't be here today and gone tomorrow. It can't be the friends with benefit. It is a holy union that you are invited in. You are the bride and not a girlfriend. You are the bride and not a mistress. He is the bridegroom and that is your husband. And we will have no other lovers. Whoa, Holy Spirit. And so he's given us these things that it would build the body until we come into the unity of faith. Unity is important. It is no longer you or me by ourselves, but it is us unified together. That's why it's pleasant. That's why it's beautiful for us to dwell together because there is an anointing. It is a special anointing God's going to release on the body. As they begin to partner, as you begin to find your people, the ones you're running with, the ones that you're going to do life with, and God's going to anoint that with a special anointing, that the equivalent of that of the high priest. And in that anointing is power and authority to command the blessing, to command the will and way of God in that area that God has given you to govern. He says that you would come into the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ, that you would have such a clear picture of who Jesus is in all his entirety, both spirit and in truth. You would understand and you would know that everything he is, you are. That's why the picture needs to be clear. That's why there is a mature picture of who Christ Jesus is, because there are many depictions in this day of who Jesus is, and none of them have no power. We will not be the church that want a form of godliness, that wants a form that looks like Jesus, but have no ability to change, no ability to transform, for we will be a people that move in authority and power. For the Bible says that Jesus says in Matthew, he said, the Father has given me all authority and all power, and he has sent me and I'm sending you to go into the nations to disciple them, to teach them. Why? To bring them under the kingdom to transform them to revive them to reform them that the kingdom of god would spread out through the earth because the kingdom was meant to multiply and so jesus is planting these seeds speaking life showing the disciples what these things are and he even told him at different times, he says, what I'm saying to you, you don't understand. What I'm speaking to you, you can't fully grasp because this thing is spirit. And flesh and blood cannot understand, nor does it want to, the things of God. And the Lord was taking those things that these 12 men learned in Hebrew school as they were growing up. And he was breathing fire on it. He was breathing fire on it. He was activating it, giving it life. But he was letting them know that you would fully come into understanding when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Even when he took them up into the mountain, James and John and Peter, and he was transfigured before them. And he showed them who he truly is. This is who I really am. This is, who, this is my true nature. This is what I am. This flesh is just a shell to allow me to have the ability to move throughout the earth. But this is who I am. And he even tells them when he shares that, he says, tell no one. See, keep it to yourself. Because why? They didn't even understand what it was. Because all things were going to be understood when the breath of God would come. When the fire of God would fall and live and breathe in them and it would give life to all the seeds that Jesus have spoken. So Jesus be watered. He planted and he watered. He planted and he watered. Bible says, uh, Paul said this, he says, I plant, 
Apollo waters, but God gives the increase. And so there is a part that you play, whether it is seed, whether it's seed planting, whether it is watering, but God is the one that's going to bring the increase. And so as he did this, he did this for a time. And then he began to tell them, it's time for me to move on now because I'm done tilling the ground. I'm done planting what needs to be planted. I'm done speaking what needs to be spoken. In John 17, Jesus tells them, he says, he tells the father, he says, father, the word that you have given me, I have given them. The glory you have given me, I have given them. And I've put that in them. They are ready. They are power packed. The, the life that they're going to live has already been fitly framed, spoken into existence by the word that I've spoken into them. This discipleship that I've done in them has retrofit them, has caused them to be built up into a house that's going to inhabit the precious spirit as it comes. Can I tell you, friends, that discipleship, that the church that we know it today or the church that we know in Acts 2 that was birthed was conceived with the disciples and with Jesus. The conception of the church was conceived when Jesus was planting seeds. Because what happens? The Bible says this, that they were called. It is Jesus said this. He said, it is for you to know the mysteries. It is for you to fellowship in them. And it's for you to steward them. And so there was a call for them to know the mysteries. That word know means to be intimate. And so anytime you are intimate, something is going to give, something is going to be conceived. And then that conception, something begins to grow and it goes through the process of growing. Then it takes on life, takes on shape and form, just like the Bible says about Jesus, who was a word, who was a spoken word for many centuries on the earth through the mouth of prophets, several prophets, and then took on flesh and dwelt among us. And the life that he was supposed, the life that he lived was the life he carried out in the flesh among us. And so as Jesus spoke, those words, he was being intimate with the disciples by sharing scripture. He kept planting seed, planting seed, planting seed, planting seed, planting seed. And he did this from the context of intimacy, from the context of relationship. They were not discipled by the Lord apart from him. They were discipled in the context of relationship because without intimacy, there is no conception. Without intimacy, there is no sonship. Because if you are conceived in a way that does not stem from covenant relationship, you are deemed a bastard. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You are deemed the fatherless. He was not giving birth to the fatherless. He was breaking that orphan spirit that came about when Adam sinned. It was when Adam sinned that man became fatherless because the family that they were a part of was broken. And that which was one was no longer one and they became of themselves. But the Lord, through the plan that he for ordained before everything was ever here that he was going to redeem man and redeem this family because our family here is part of the family of God. And so Jesus did what he did from the context, from the vehicle of relationship. And because of that, it gave birth to sons. It gave birth to the sons that Romans says that the earth is groaning and moaning for the sons of God. They're yearning. They're, the earth is quaking for the revealing of the sons. Why? Because the earth is excited when it came, when it captured Jesus, when it for the first time witnessed the Messiah on the earth preaching. The earth was excited. The rocks were ready to praise God. Why? Because they knew, the earth knew something good was getting ready to come. The sons were finally going to be revealed. They were going to be made known to the earth. And, and Paul gets this revelation about Jesus as he walked the earth and as he's grooming these 12 men who are going to take over the world, who are going to turn it upside down. But these 12 men and Jesus gave birth through discipleship to the church. 
And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 28, he says, you are to disciple nations. Because why? The way the church is going to advance, the way the church is going to move and breathe throughout the earth is through discipleship. Because as you plant seeds, as you plant seeds, and as you water them, they're going to give birth to something. And the reach of the church is going to reach here and reach there and reach over here. And these people that you're going to disciple come from all different walks of life. And because they come from all different walks of life, they're going to go into these different places, these seven spheres of influence. And, and they being the mountain of God. Can I tell you, friends, the Bible says in, in Jeremiah, but it also says in Micah 4, it says that the mountain of God will grow to be the biggest mountain. Can I tell you, friends, that the mountain of God is the people of God ascending, arising, coming, walking at their full potential, walking in the fullness of what God has called them. And the reason why in the Bible says they will grow to be the biggest mountain, it will grow bigger than the other mountains. And, and why? That means that in these mountains, in these spheres of influence, the people of God are going to ascend to the top. And they're going to be able to build houses of prayer. They're going to be able to, to display the Lord in such a way, like a big billboard, people are going to see how amazing, how wonderful God is. And then the Bible says that they will what? They will want to go unto the mountain of God, meaning they will want to talk to the people of God, who is the mountain of God, who is Mount Zion, and they'll want to talk to you, and they'll want to learn about the God of Jacob. They'll want to learn about the God that you serve. They'll want to understand, how did you get this invention? How did you get this, this innovative way? Where did you get this concept from? Where all did this stuff come from? I don't understand. We've been trying to figure this out and you just came up with it and you'll be able to tell them it was the Lord that gave it to me. It was the Lord revealed it to me in a dream. It was God that revealed it to me in a vision. The Lord did this because the Bible says you are a living epistle read by men and men are going to be able to read how amazing your God is if you will allow God to do what he needs to do or do what he always has dreamed and want to do in your life. But the church is going to advance through the womb of discipleship that is going to increase. It's going to bear fruit. It's going to continue. That's why Jesus said, go disciple nations, make disciples. Why? Because that is the way the church will fill the earth. The glory of God will fill the earth through the church, through the womb of discipleship. Because discipleship was constructed to cause that which was in seed form to become fully mature in Christ Jesus. That if you disciple these disciples just the way Jesus discipled you, they will become what the Lord wants them. And what are we becoming? The Bible says in Romans uh, that in Romans 8 that it was he that foreknew foreordained that we would be conformed to the image of his son, that we are being changed, being transformed into the image and likeness of Christ Jesus. And that we will be Jesus is all over the earth because that's the image we're being. We're that new breed of believer that's carrying power and authority. The new breed of believer that's going to disciple and teach nations with the wisdom and the demonstration of the spirit and of power. And in this season, your faith and your communion, your prayer time with the Lord is going to be important because just like he did in the times of old, when they were building the tabernacle, when they were building various things for the Lord, the Bible said this in Exodus 31 and uh, 7, I believe it says, and I have filled him or them with a divine spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge to invent in every work that is a that is the 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 greek version of what is written in in king james i love it because it says it very clearly it says that the lord will fill you fill you with the divine spirit of wisdom and we have this coming out of our belly 
The Bible says, out of your belly shall flow the rivers of living water. And what are the rivers of living water? They are the seven strands of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of power, the Spirit of knowledge, and the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. So the Lord is going to allow the Spirit of the Lord and understanding, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge to descend upon you, to be activated in you, to begin to stir up witty, witty inventions, things that God is ready to give birth here on earth because he doesn't give good ideas and great ideas to the people who are unsaved. God gives them to everybody. It is up there for the people of God to take their shape and form. It is high time for the people of God to, to take their place so that the world can see. I remember when the Lord called me and I got saved and I'm walking with the Lord for some time and the Lord revealed that he had called me to preach. And I grew up in a time there were a lot of preachers, a lot of great preachers around me. And I told the Lord, I said, it's like bringing sand to the beach. What part do I play in this? What am I going to say that's going to be different from anything that they're going to say? The Lord didn't respond, but a week later he gave me a dream. And in this dream, I see this city. I'm in this city and this city is a city of gold. The, the streets are gold. The, 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 the wall, the, the buildings are gold. But the interesting thing in the city were, were stores and gas stations and stuff that we would normally have in our regular cities. And it, but it was made of gold. And I remember flying around this city. And when I pulled out of the city and I'm outside looking at the city that's set up on a hill or a plateau that's high and lifted up, it was glistening. And I remember when I woke up, I didn't question anymore why God called me. I didn't question anymore what, what, why did he, why did he selected me? Somehow in my spirit, I understood that this city that I was flying in, I was a part of. That city that I was looking at was Mount Zion. Mount Zion is not just in you, but Mount Zion is around you. And it has unlimited resources. It has unlimited uh, uh, power and authority. Uh, and the Bible speaks that we are Mount Zion and we're going to see the fullness of that come when God, when the Lord comes and set up his kingdom. But it's here in the spirit right now with us and we have access to it. And we are going to be that city that are going to be seen, that people are going to see. And what I believe God was showing me was that we were going to go into the marketplaces. We were going to disciple that wherever God has you, it may not be in church. It may be in your business where you're at. It may be in a place where you work. But wherever you're going to work is going to be an opportunity for you to what? To disciple, to, to extend the kingdom, to bring forth things. Things are going to come out of where God is sending you. That's why we have to be sold out because when he does and when he's ready to lead and guide you where you're supposed to go, you're going to have impact. That is a place for the kingdom to be experienced. And it's a place for people. One of my friends is works for a tech, a, a tech company and he's having Bible study with a few men at work. He's discipling them. The tech company or the tech area of that mountain is receiving the kingdom. If we begin to uh, disciple, begin to reach out and start touching people in those areas, you are allowing, you're setting up the womb for the church to birth there. What am I saying? As you, in relationship, befriend people in your different walks of life, whether it's on your job, the coffee place, or wherever God has stationed you, whether it's education, arts, entertainment, political place, um, uh, all the, any of the seven mountains you've been placed on, all this is going to be done from friendship. All this is going to be done from relationship. As you are building relationship and getting to know you, then they're getting to know you and you're getting to know them, they're going to see Christ Jesus in you and they're going to know why. They go, who is that? Why are you the way you are? And you're going to be able to sit down and talk and you're going to be able to share. And eventually it's going to open up where you're going to be able to disciple them and have Bible study and share the word with them. What you're doing through the context of relationship is giving birth and allowing the church to have a hand in that area. So discipleship is the womb or as the instrument, the vehicle in which the church is going to be advanced. Because the Lord didn't say, make more churches. He said, disciple men.
disciple nations. That's why he says in Psalms 2, he said, ask for me the nations and I will give it to you. Why? Because he wants the glory of the Lord to fill the church or to fill the earth, excuse me, like the water cover the seas. If we make more churches, that's great. But church doesn't say that the people are being discipled. But when we're making more disciples and those disciples are making more disciples, trust me, your reach is going to reach around the world. You can hold a Zoom meeting and be discipling people from all walks of life, from all over the world. And as you are reaching into their lives, you're planting seeds through the context of being a relational in fellowship. And as those seeds are growing, they're going to take on shape and form and they're going to bear fruit. What are the fruits of, of the church? What are the fruits of the church? The Bible says this. Let's go. Let's go over to Acts. Acts chapter 2. And I'm getting ready to land this plane here in a minute. Acts chapter 1, I should say. And it says this. In verse 4, it says, Being assembled together, he commanded them they should not depart from Jerusalem, but await for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of. In verse 5, he says, And John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And when they were therefore, when they were there, they asked, is it, when are you going to restore the kingdom? And Jesus responded to them in verse 7 and said unto them, It is not for you to know the times and season which the Father has put in his power. But in verse 8 it says, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall what be witnesses. You will be empowered witnesses unto both Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the utmost parts of the world. What you're getting ready to get is what I've been doing for the three and a half years. I've been building up to this moment and now it is time for this baby to be born. And it's going to be born in power and authority and you're going to take this everywhere and you're going to move through the vehicle of disciple because you're going to disciple them. Because it is in discipleship that I can share what I've witnessed. It is in discipleship from the context of relationship that I can be vulnerable and share where I was weak and how Jesus came through. I can share with you how I've gotten over, how the Lord has moved mightily and what he's done and what he's done in me, he can do in you and he wants to do it more because the blessing the, 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 the atmosphere of the kingdom is multiplication. Jesus tells them in John 14 and 12, he says, if you have faith, faith is the key. You need faith. It, 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 it's impossible to walk with God or to be with the Lord. It's even impossible to move and breathe in the spirit without faith. But he says, if you have faith and you believe in me, you will do what I did and even more. So Jesus knew and understood that it was not meant for you just to do what he did. It was meant for you to do more. So there are things in heaven, there are moves of the spirit, there are demonstrations of the spirit, there are demonstrations of power that haven't yet been demonstrated yet. We have read about certain, but we've not seen it all. And they want to be shown and God wants them to happen here in this life before this is all said and done. You're not going to be a people that move in wisdom because there are too many people who think they're wise. But you're coming in the wisdom of God and the wisdom of God is going to be backed up by the demonstration of the Spirit and in power that people's faith will not be in the, the, mighty, the mighty man of God or the mighty woman of God, but they would, their faith would be in God himself. They would know that the kingdom is here. That's why their message was that they would what? Repent and tell them that the kingdom is here. Why? Because that's what's coming. It is the kingdom of God. It is, it is the kingdom of God that's going to come and undo everything that is done here. 
And on and in, in verse and we know what happened on the day of Pentecost. The spirit of God fell. The power of God fell all over them. But this is what they did in verse 42 of chapter 2 of Acts. It says, and they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, in the word, in the glory that Jesus given them, they fellowshiped in. They broke bread and in prayer. They fellowship. Everything was done from the context of relationship, but you cannot be in relationship with the wrong people. You got to be in like mind and like spirit. Because why? For the kingdom's sake. All that believe, all that believe were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and parts, all them with men, and they shared them. So there was the spirit of generosity that broke forth. Deliverance, healing, generosity, love, family begin to break forth. Those are the fruits of discipleship. Those seeds being planted, them being in the know about what the kingdom of God is, what the kingdom isn't. And then those things, those, those seeds that were planted became trees that bared fruit when the spirit of God fell on them and baptized them with the Holy Ghost and fire, those seeds became trees and they bared fruit. That's why people will be able to taste and see that the Lord is good from your life because the seeds that you have been, that you have been a recipient of, that you have allowed to grow and to take die in you and you've died in areas and you continue to die that more of Christ be seen in you you're going to bring forth fruit some 30 and the 60, 60 fold and they're going to be that sweet summer lush fruit fruit that is good and they're going to see how good your God is through your life and the Bible reason it says here and they continue daily one on one accord in the temple breaking bread from house to house and they did eat meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God, having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily. Those 12 men who were discipled by the Lord himself sent them now to disciple, to advance the kingdom. And you, friends, in this season, your prayer life is going to go to a whole nother realm, a whole nother level. If you answer the call, there is an invitation for you to draw closer, for you to be with him, to sit with him, and to sit with him consistently, not just one time, but consistently, that he would constantly, through relationship, through fellowship with you, would give you the insight, give you the downloads, give you the understanding, give you these things that are going to be a blessing to the spheres of influence that you are a part of, for the purpose that the kingdom would advance. It's time for the church to arise. It's time for the remnant to arise. It's time for the mountain of God to begin to grow because it is meant to be the biggest mountain that is bigger than all the other mountains. And friends, the people of God are the mountain of God. And God is wanting for those who have been low to be made high and all mountains that have lifted up against God to be made low. That the people in other mountains would see the value, would see the splendor, the amazingness of who God is and realize, oh man, we, we serving the wrong thing. How are you doing what you're doing? And you get to share. Why? How? Because of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And this is for you because he died for you. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that every word, every seed that has ever been sown in their life, in their ground, that it would begin to, to die. Because it's not any good if it just abides alone. But that it needs to die that it would bring forth much fruit. This is the season and time, Father, I pray that they would begin to lean in more. They would draw near to you. They would walk in such a closer way, such a deeper way. They would understand that I walked in one way in last season, but I cannot walk that way anymore, but that there's a deeper place, there's a higher place, there's a place of excellence, 
that you are calling your body to, your people to, to carry out and give birth to that which you want here on the earth. I pray, Father, that they would begin to decide, that you would bring the right people in their life to disciple, to speak life into. That they themselves would have people pouring into them and speaking life into them. That they would be a continuous flow of the generations linked together in blessing before God. That, that we would walk in such unity before the Lord and we would be empowered by his authority and power that he won on the cross. And we would move and breathe and take the land throughout the earth by discipling through the context of relationship. Father, I, I, I bless them and I just speak over them and I speak that they would draw near and they would want you more than anything, that their friendship of the world, if there's friendship of the world in any aspect of their life, they would break their communion, they would break their conformity and they would want and only want you, that they would not be a, a, a people of many lovers, but they would only have one lover, and his name is Jesus, the bridegroom, and they would be true to him through and through, and they would surrender what they think it needs to look like, they would surrender what they think they were told it was supposed to look like, and they would be like children, ready to receive what Father is saying about any given situation, so that that which the Father wants to happen on earth would happen. And they would have a part in it. They would come into the kingdom and go out to green pastures. And they would experience the multiplication of the kingdom in their life. I plead the blood over them. And I just speak that you would expose any area of their life. They're in friendship with the earth, with the world. And I pray that they would be willing to break their fellowship. And I pray for that they would walk in a deeper communion with you, that you would encounter them with a, a love encounter that is fiery and fervent. And it would cause them to never be the same. Father, I bless them and I'm grateful for each and every one and everyone that is going to hear this message father lord i pray that it would empower them it would it shed light it would open their eyes and they would want more they would want to lean into more and we thank you and we ask all these things in the mighty name of jesus in jesus name we pray amen and amen <laughs>